You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 295. In this episode, I'm doing something new that I haven't done on the podcast before. I'm doing a book review of the book Becoming by Michelle Obama. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's episode is different. I recently read or actually listened to the audiobook Becoming, read by the author Michelle Obama, and I want to share with you my takeaways. Go to sign.com forward slash 295 for the show notes of this episode and to sign for my video series, Build Your Dream Business. Becoming is a long book. The audio version was 19 hours, and I enjoyed every single minute of it and actually didn't want it to stop. When I was finished, I was sad. I wanted it to last forever. But nothing lasts forever, as we know. And the reason why I enjoyed it so much that's the reason for doing this episode, for doing my first book review on my podcast. I want to take you back to September 2018, because one of the reasons I went to Inbound in Boston was that two of my favorite people were speaking there. One of them was Brenner Brown, and the other one was Michelle Obama. Brené Brown had just released a new book and I made sure I would read that book before I watched her speak live. And I just managed to finish it on my flight over from Iceland to Boston and then watched her speak on stage at Inbound. And that was an amazing experience. I had read the book, but seeing someone speak about their story is never really a repetition of the book. It's always a different angle. So you can do both. And if you're a fan of someone or want to learn more about them, then that's what you do. But there was no book yet for Michelle Obama. But kind of everybody knew she was writing a book. And I remember she was sharing. She actually didn't like give a solo talk on stage. It was more like an interview on stage. And uh, she was being interviewed. What it's like to be ex-first lady and what was she was working on and she was working on a book and she was comparing the process between her and her husband on how they approached the book writing project. Barack Obama would sit down and write and write and review every paragraph and really make it perfect. And she had tried to write her own book, but she couldn't. It, she didn't find the patience to sit down and write. 
So the process he had used was to being interviewed. So it's not really a ghostwriter, but yeah, it's kind of someone interviewing you to get all the bits and pieces from your story out of your head onto a piece of paper. And then together you finish up the manuscript of the book. But listening to her in Boston, I was inspired. I may have shared this with you already, probably multiple times, that it is my dream to write a book. I do have a couple of half-finished books that I wasn't so happy with, and that's why I didn't finish them and publish them. But it's basically been my dream since I was six years old. I thought I would become an author. The reason I thought I would become an author is that I wrote a little story in school and my teacher sent our stories to the radio station. Yes, we only had one radio station in Iceland at that time. And they picked, I don't know if it was randomly or consciously, but they picked my story to read on national radio. The story was about a cat. Now, I'm not a huge fan of cats. They're okay, but I'm more of a dog person. So I don't know why I wrote about a cat, but basically my story was read on national radio and I thought to myself, I'm going to be an author. Now, if you want to hear the whole story, you listen to my TEDx talk where I talk about this in detail. But basically, I have carried with me this idea of being an author and I've never implemented it. I have studied and studied and studied. Yes, I have four master's degrees. So I have written a lot. I've read a lot. And I've been an avid reader. When I was a teenager, I would read five books a week. And then in 2007, I made the goal to read 26 books in one year. And I did. I achieved my goal. And at some point, I got a little bit tired of the reading. So I've been reading less over the past few years, but I'm picking it up again. And reading or actually listening to Michelle Obama was one of those starts of reading more books and not just business books. I think what got me a bit tired was reading business book after business book. I think for our imagination and for learning more about how the world works and how people are, biographies are a wonderful thing to read. I haven't read many, but this one was gold. So what makes the book becoming so special? Well, first of all, Michelle Obama was first lady. In my opinion, she is an inspiration how she treated that role and how she made the most of it. You know, being first lady in the United States is not a defined role. There are certain expectations, but every spouse, could be a man or a woman who takes on that role, can basically pretty much adapt it to their own liking, which is kind of the cool thing about the role. But on the other hand, there's a lot of criticism, whatever you do. But I think Michelle Obama found a very good way to follow her passion projects in terms of health, healthier food in schools, having a garden, that would uh, produce food that they would actually eat at the White House. So she took on many passion projects, but it didn't just happen overnight. So Becoming is her story 
from an early age, basically almost from the day Michelle Obama was born. And what is fascinating is how much detail she has still from those times. Maybe she got some outside help, but I was immediately fascinated how I could envision myself in her home where she grew up. She grew up in a working family with very basic house, you know, basically not wealthy. And I think that's something that it's important to share in her story because the impression that I have at least is that you only become president of the United States if you're wealthy, if you have a lot of money, if you have wealthy friends. So the story of Michelle Obama and Barack Obama is that that doesn't have to be the case. And I love to believe that, that anyone who is just smart and deserves to be a president can be one without having be born with a silver or gold spoon in their mouth. So hearing the story how she grew up in the south side of uh, Chicago in simple environment, actually in a neighborhood where she said it was turning into a ghetto and it was just the stubbornness of her mother that kept them from moving. Most people that could afford it tried to move away, but they stayed. And I do think that gave Michelle a different perspective to grow up in this kind of environment. And the way she describes it in so much detail, it feels like you are there. She said, for instance, that they lived in a house, but on the second floor, uh, her aunt owned the house and they lived on the second floor. So they basically rented the second floor from their aunt. And later when the aunt passed away, they got to keep the whole house. But the house was so small that basically she and her brother slept in the living room. And at some point, the living room was split up in two bedrooms. The walls were so thin that they would hear everything. So just imagine growing up like that and then living in the White House later on. It's like a fairy tale. And it is in many ways a fairy tale. But in the book, it becomes like, wow, anything is possible. So I was very impressed by all the little details and how she was able to really make me feel that I was a part of a story. It was like she was sitting next to me, uh, telling me her story and that I was seeing pictures of how she grew up, the outside environment, the street, Euclid Avenue, the house uh, where she went to school, and then the ambition of her parents to send her to a good school. So she went to Princeton and later to Harvard. And that was not a natural thing to do, but you know, the parents worked really hard. Her dad was uh, disabled, there was something wrong with his feet. Uh, and still he went to work every single day. And I think that's not unusual that many parents do that, but the way she was able to recall all of this from her childhood was very impressive. I also liked the language. It was very eloquent. As a non-native English speaker, I am impressed when people use an eloquent language, something that doesn't come easy to me or natural to me because I have possibly a simple vocabulary based on the fact that I'm not born as a native English speaker. 
but it's fascinating to listen to it. And I do think she speaks this way. Of course, it felt in the book that many of the sentences that she was reading, they were very thought through. I don't think uh, you sound exactly the same if you just speak something. And I think that's a fact of any book writing is that you look at every single sentence and paragraph and you see if you can improve it and make it clearer and use better words. So it's never exactly as if you would just speak it like on a podcast. You know, I am talking to you here, talking about the book without bullet points because I know what I want to say, but it's going to sound different if I had written it up. So the language was very eloquent. I loved that. I've always loved languages. I even studied linguistic for uh, one term in Freiburg, Germany, and that was impressive. She was actually criticized for this when she was younger, that she didn't sound like a black woman. And that is, of course, based on the fact that she studied at Princeton and Harvard and possibly got this eloquent language from those places. I also liked how there were like chapters in the book where she takes you step by step from the childhood to her university years and then started to work as a young professional. And earlier in her childhood, she is maybe cycling past these high-rise buildings and then later on, she's one of those people in suits working as a lawyer. So it feels somehow all connected. And then she talks about how she got to know Barack Obama as a young professional. She got the opportunity to mentor someone that would come new into the office where she worked. And it was funny how I was listening to her speak. And in my mind, I was envisioning the office environment of suits. I don't know if you're a suits fan, but I was a suits fan long before one of the actresses became world famous for marrying Prince Harry, Meghan Merkel. And I was just recently, as I'm recording this episode, I just flew in from Toronto, Canada over to uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And Toronto, they actually film the show Suits. So I was listening to uh, Michelle Obama talking about her sitting in her office and this young attractive man coming into her office and she was supposed to be his mentor for the summer. So he was basically still studying and just checking and trying out uh, how it would be to work at this office. And it was not love at first sight. And I think that's often the best way when you become friends first and then fall in love later. And how she described that was very inspiring too. And then how they wanted to have a family together, Barack and Michelle. And then his ambition for doing something for the country, becoming a senator. And I don't know if you know this, but Barack was a senator for a very short time. On a typical scale in the United States, you often are a senator for years and years and years before you even considered becoming a president. But he was very short senator before the idea of a president came up. And it's because he was also so eloquent with words and 
could influence people or move people, you would say, rather than influence. I don't like necessarily influence the right word here. But both of them, especially Barack, had been active in the community. And both of them were not wanting to be those typical lawyers that work in high-rise building and in suits, but rather do something good. And I find that fascinating that because often people that want to do something good, they don't necessarily end up being a president or a first lady. They might rather be in a political party or out in the communities. And I think that's a great way to still serve the country or the community is to go for the top position to have the biggest impact. So Michelle shares everything basically from the beginning of her childhood until they hand over the presidency to the next president and she shares her opinion of Trump very clearly. And I loved that. I think you could have written a book and could have left that out. And I'm glad she had it in. It makes it feel more real and authentic. I know both of them have not been so vocal. Yes, they have expressed their opinion, but not really so much that you're always hearing about it. And hearing it in the book, that was good. I felt like, yes, you share your opinion. And maybe that's not so easy when you have a political position or or want to be the president of a country and don't want to divide the country. Basically, you want the opposite of what Trump is doing. You want to unite the country. And that's where you maybe do not express your opinion of everything because you want to appeal to everybody, to the general public. But afterwards, I think that's the time and the place to tell your opinion. And Michelle definitely did. She talks a little bit about what's happened afterwards, that she's finding her place, that they have started a foundation, that uh, she enjoys the freedom she has in her life today. She talks a lot about her daughters in the book and definitely a great impression of a mother who cares and always made sure that they would be well taken care of. But also how she is able to combine being a working mother as a first lady and did that also before. She was always a working mother and this is inspiring for anyone who is maybe wondering whether they can do it or not. I have always known that you can do both, but I think it's good that Michelle Obama talks about it and can inspire more women to go after the dreams and don't think they need to make a compromise even if the husband is a president and you have young daughters because you can have it all if you just want to. It's just about setting priorities. And that's basically what she talks about. So from many, many different angles, it is an aspiring read. And actually, I would highly encourage you to listen. There is something very special about hearing Michelle's story from Michelle herself. And I'm not normally a person that listens. I think I can read a lot faster and I, I'm just an avid reader. I don't like to listen to audiobooks or necessarily even a lot of podcasts. I am very selective on those. But this book, this is a reason I signed up for Audible again, just because of this book. And now I am looking into Audible and thinking, are there some other biographies there 
where the author is reading the biography that I should listen to, and then I will do so. But I highly recommend that you listen to the audiobook, and 19 hours will go so fast you won't even notice it, and you will probably feel a bit sad, like I do, when it's over. It's one of the best books that I've read or actually listened to, and I suggest that you listen to it too. And tell me how you like it, and if you've already read or listened to it, please tag me in an Insta story. You can follow me on Instagram. Sigrun.com is my handle. Create a little Insta story, tag me, and tell me what is your biggest takeaway from Becoming by Michelle Obama. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 295 for the show notes of this episode and to sign up for my video series, Build Your Dream Business. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in the next episode.